Oh, Costa, how are you, buddy? Well, I'm knee deep in Lent. How about you? It, knee deep in Lent. Like, does that mean like you're kneeling down on like rice in the chapel at no, times? No. What do I always say when we record at this time of day? I'm just tired. Oh yeah, guys, he's <laughs> vulnerable today. He 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 might he might not be able to like pick what I'm pick down pick up what I'm throwing down half the time today. Express a coherent thought, but I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> I have a nice cup of coffee here, so I think I think we'll That's be right. fine. In that Mets mug. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we were just before we, we started doing this, we were talking about who the Mets starters were. And except for the first two, we really don't know. It's yeah. just been I don't know if it's just this been because of I think for the rest of my life I'm gonna blame everything on COVID, no matter what it is. I mean it's you could do that. But there's been this lack of consistency. So I know Tejon Walker. It's so funny, this is the thing we said we weren't going to talk about, but I'm just, that's what my mind's going right now. Coming out of left field, no pun intended. But I don't even know who the starters are. I'm not sure who the, all the players are. Buck Showalter's the manager that I know. I just really want to go back to something. What's that? You know, I, I mean, I know people who grew up in the Great Depression. They didn't blame the Great Depression for the rest of their life. No, because they were tough and they got the greatest generation. You you want to now just blame the rest of your life and your problems on oh, COVID. Oh, no matter what it is. <laughs> you soft. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. You're it's a soft. It's going to be the most simple thing. It's going to be like three years from now, we're yeah. going to be doing a podcast. You'll have a complete blank thought and you're going to go, I just blame this on COVID. I just can't get my thoughts together. So you read me correctly. <laughs> you'll forget Valentine's Day. I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> it was COVID. <laughs> well, that I won't. But other things, perhaps. Um, By yes. the way, can we talk about the like the greatest weekend in college basketball? A lot of people get excited about this, and I, I actually watched a you little should. bit. Your life would be happier. I, you know, if you I did. told you this, though. I don't understand the game. I'm not going to lie. I probably watched seven straight hours on Friday. We did so. We did a faculty day of prayer on Friday. We ended at one o'clock. Yes. And you were going out to watch basketball the rest of the day, right? And I did. Yeah. I did until it does like, even that much, it doesn't get boring to you. Like in like all series, like no, you really because enjoy like it? what happens is is that like like what they'll do is they'll keep flipping. Yeah. There were four true. different channels that have it. Okay. So even if you got a boring game mm-hmm. and it's a blowout, you can go to the next one. If it's tight, you know, at half, then that one's in the start of the, the second half. And you just keep rotating. It's just great. I know St. Mary's was the big thing over the weekend, right? St. Mary's no, from St. Peter's. Oh, St. Peter's, right from Jersey uh, City or something. You really? It's, how are we friends? I knew it was a saint. <laughs> Mary, Peter, Peter whatever. Mark, whatever. <laughs> Yo, That's yeah, kind of a cool story. Well, I love I love what the coach said too. He was like, because they're they're a small they're a small college. Mm-hmm. He said, we're we're from Jersey, and we got a lot of kids from New York. Mm-hmm. We don't get pushed around. We push people around. I was like, this guy, I like this guy. I The one brief part I did see was <clears throat> right when intermission started on, I guess it was the game Saturday where they played on Saturday, or maybe Sunday. Yeah, uh, Murray stayed on Saturday. Yeah. Right. And they were leading, I guess, by a point in the uh, in after the first half. Yeah. So they interviewed him and he said, and they said to him, how's the team going? He goes, we're playing terrible. And, and they said, but you're leading by one point. I don't care. <laughs> we're not showing up here. This is ridiculous. I need a person like that in my life to kind of push me. I thought I had a really good day today. No, you haven't. You can do better. <laughs> oh, what a, what a but yeah, gift. I love that weekend. It's it's the first weekend is always the best, and then like this weekend, like if you have a couple of teams like St. Peter's in the tournament that make it to the second weekend, mm-hmm. they make they make it fun yeah. until that Cinderella story keeps going. You know, yeah. uh, 
But yeah, I love it because the guys are diving on the floor. Because mm-hmm. some of these guys, they're going to be one and done. Some of them are going to go yeah. right to the pros. Yeah. Some of them are never going to play basketball on this stage ever again in their mm-hmm. life. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just great to see them leave everything on the floor. Yep. I love it. Well, I'll try to watch a little this weekend, just so we have something to talk about next week. And I don't appear to be stupid. <laughs> How about this? How about you watch a little bit of it, and I will, I will give in and watch a little bit of hockey. No, you're not. You're going to say that, but you're not going to watch any <laughs> hockey. Wow! So it doesn't. You it doesn't don't even matter. give me the opportunity to prove myself. I'm barely watching hockey now. <laughs> Yeah, I love how like you were a guy at this point in the year last year with this like gung ho. Yeah, your Islanders were on top of the world. Yep, and now you don't even you don't even care to mention them. Now I'm licking my wounds. You know what? Caused but I all hear this? The, I hear the other team in New York is doing really well, and that's the worst thing. You know, a student <laughs> came up to me and said, "He said, um, I was talking to my dad, and he wanted me to tell you that the Rangers are in first place." <laughs> so I said, "Go sit down, and here's your F." <laughs> <laughs> that kid should be celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the um, the reason for this is? What? COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Starting right away. Sure. Sure. So we're going to, um, as we look in, the, we don't have a student this week, uh, which is unfortunate because it's just the two of us now. <laughs> Hell, we get back to mundane conversation, everybody. Yeah. Sorry. We... Um, Want to focus on the gospel reading, which is the the um, the prodigal son story. So it's one of those stories that do you, one of the things I do sometimes. And it's not a good trait. Is if I am in church and they'll start reading the prodigal son story, I say to myself, "Oh, I know that one," and then you kind of stop listening. <laughs> like I, I when you're at mass with another priest. Oh, I listen. You, I was going to say, do you start putting together homiletic thoughts right there? No, because I'm getting homiletic thoughts. I don't have to. <laughs> as opposed when with you, I have to put together the homily as you're doing it. <laughs> Wait, where is he starting? Why is it? <laughs> this is not a coherent line <laughs> of thought. But anywho, um, th- this is one of, because it's so well known. But But the more you study it, and this is like an obvious statement, I guess. The more you study it, the, the more nuanced and the more you can pull from it. Like, oh, yeah. Like Alexio Divina doesn't hurt anybody. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I had heard this story. It's true because like after a while, you, you stop. You, you kind of go on autopilot. Right. It's like, oh, I know that story. Mm-hmm. It's clear in my mind how this visual plays out. Right. And then like up until like a couple of years ago, I heard a priest highlight a couple of things in it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Well, that's what we hope to do today. We we talked beforehand about a few things that revelations that struck us as we've been listening to other podcasts and doing some reading that we could maybe bring to your attention, maybe um, mm-hmm. enlighten it like like these thoughts enlightened us as they were as they were presented to us. So let me first start by uh, just reminding us the um, of this gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and the scribes began to complain, saying. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them, Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country 
and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend to the swine. And he longed to eat a fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat, but here I am dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly bring the finest robes and put it on him, a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fatted calf and slaughter it. Then let me celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead, he has come to life again. He was lost, and now he is found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field and was on his way back. As he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fatted calf because he, because he has him back safe and sound. The son became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I have served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughtered the fatted calf. He said to my son, You are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. So, so many places to go. Do you want to, what do you want to start? Mercy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, because we have like two different, you know, we, we have two different uh, sons, right? And with the one son, he pretty much is asking for his inheritance, pretty much telling his father, um, I want you to die. Like, even though you're alive, give me my share of your death. That That's a good point. It's like, kind of like saying you're not, you haven't died uh, quick enough. Right. You haven't died quick enough. Yeah. Give me what's due to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, not only does he disrespect his father completely, um, and, and really, and really say very unkind things to him, but then goes off and, uh, and and in the I think in the Greek it it says you know spent his you know spent everything on a life of dissipation, of emptiness of of complete you know uh, you know dissipation like just like letting it uh, it's just an endless abyss mm-hmm. of uh, n- you know uh, nothingness, uh, and, and so like you have one who's dove into all forms of debauchery to just you know fill. Uh, to to fill his heart with uh, with stuff that he thinks would make him satisfied, and ultimately won't. Right. Yeah. And then you have the other one who is at home, uh, and it seems that you know he's obedient, but he's really resentful. Mm-hmm. He's he's really there out of begrudgingly and and out of service. He he's not innocent by any means. Uh, so you have a, a son on the other end who's there out of, not out of a, like 
loving obedience, but he's there seemingly like forced beyond his will mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and is resentful towards his father, uh, not just for letting his son come back, but uh, having this sense of, uh, of his father that, that like he's doing this and he's, he's missing out on life right. and he's there. The, um, the, the levels to get into this are so much, and, and I didn't really think about the, the other son too much in, until you just said it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I think you just used the word that he's not innocent. Right. You know? Um, just because he stayed, he's not innocent. And it reminds me a little bit of last week, we were talking about the second letter to the Corinthians. It was the second reading, and we were talking about Paul. And Paul's admonishment to the people. Remember, he was recounting salvation history. Yeah. And he said, you know, those were the chosen people, but they weren't humble enough. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that almost reminds me of the son a little bit. Definitely. Right. Because he Completely. was close to the father, but he didn't get the father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how many of us does that fall into the case? We're, we're close to we're close to God. We know about God. We're aware of him. But how well do we really know him? Because I don't think if we really understood him or if the son really understood him, the person that was so close to him, he would he would have been joyful too. I'm going to Mass on Sundays. Yeah, exactly. I, I've read the good book. Right, right. I, I, I pray. I, I, I give money to the poor. Yeah, checking off the boxes. Yeah. 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 So, so that, that's one, one way to think about it as well. Something that actually... My wife, Jen, and I were talking about this weekend, and she put this into my head. Um, It's interesting to think about the son, the prodigal son himself, that he had choices to make. The money gave him choices that he would not have had elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So what was he trying to do in his own soul, in his own heart, to, to make himself feel useful? Well, it, clearly he went down the wrong path. And and one of the one of the things about this story is, I don't know how for for people like who are listening to this podcast, for instance, are probably not the ones going to live a life of debauchery. But we're all going to find other areas to move away from the father. Maybe you know, maybe not that bad. So mm-hmm. the question that that she and I got, or the conversation that she and I got in, was about the the idea of being of useful. Like what was making him useful? For, and he was taking the money going in this direction to try to find himself a place in the world. And will you uh, follow me on this now? Trust me. Oh boy, guys, we already have established that it is like the afternoon, and he's already tired. I'm already. This tired. could be a long, windy road. When you were little, did you watch or did your brothers and sisters watch Thomas the Tank Engine? Oh, Thomas the Tank Engine, yes. I see him remember Thomas and Henry and yes. Gordon. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, that Who was, doesn't know Thomas the Tank Engine? Right. So it's a – do you know that was written by a, a by a minister? Yeah. You want, can I quiz you on Thomas the Tank Engine? Go ahead. All right. Don't forget. I have all of them, uh, seven younger siblings. So you're you, – okay. We have generations. <laughs> who who was the station master? <clears throat> <laughs> All right. Wasn't it Mr. Conductor? No. Oh. You know Ringo Starr played? Remember he was the yes, narrator? He point? was the first one. And then uh How do you go from the Beatles to Thomas the Tank Engine? Like <laughs> you've reached the, the pinnacle. And then what's his name? Uh the comedian uh, Yes. Oh who uh, George Carlson. It was, uh, George, jo- Carlin. It was George Carlin? Yeah, yeah. Who was like on a kid's show? It's like, oh my gosh. I started listening to his stuff after that. I was like, how in the world did he keep it clean during Thomas the Tank Engine? 
So anyway, <laughs> they must have had Ringo a lot of money because I. But anyway, that's certainly not the point. So Sir Topham Hat. So oh, it, that's right. For, and if you remember, if if the engines did a good thing, right, he would reward them. He might give them a bath. He might let them sleep in the engine shed, you know, at night. <laughs> Steered in my memory, my friends. Steered in my memory. <laughs> The, the, the tune's humming in the back of my head as I speak. Right, right. I but, have no idea where he's going with this, guys. <laughs> but if you didn't do something, say, for instance, hypothetically, um, you forgot to pick up the orphans at the train station to bring them to Beach Day. Just hypothetically. Maybe maybe Henry did that. He, he, was, he can't even keep a straight face with this right now. <laughs> so I think the sad thing is there were really things important in my life that I forget. Not this, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not this. Finish but your point. I got to hear what's gonna, where this is going. If you were that engine, you would be told you are not a useful engine. Henry, you are not a useful engine. And then you wouldn't get the bath and you wouldn't get to spend the night in the engine shed with the other engines. Okay. My point is this, this term useful is not helpful to kids. Right? right. To grow up with this thought that if you do something good, you're going to be useful. And if you don't do something or if you do something bad, you're not going to be useful. Mm-hmm. Right. Is an awful message. You know, I mean, I let my kids watch it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think they're damaged by it, but you know, we <laughs> tried to counteract it a little bit. But <clears throat> but I do think that comes into play a little bit with with this son. He was trying to find his place in life, a, a place to, to be important. Um and, and we often do this in, in our own lives. We we pull on the criteria by way, where we judge others, and we put that criteria on ourselves to determine if we're. And we don't usually use the term useful. We will say successful, probably. You know, so doing what the Joneses do, or something, something mm-hmm. to that effect. It could have cars, jobs, whatever the schools we go to, the schools we send our kids to, whatever it might be. Um, it we we tend to put our value on ourselves from the outside. And usually we judge ourselves the same way we judge others, you know. Um, we're, we're always looking for that quest of feeling like we have a part in things. And oftentimes that will leave us totally unfulfilled unless it's through, unless it's through Jesus. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the <clears throat> considerations of this son is like what had happened in his life that he felt, I'm not useful, I'm not valuable, and I'm going to go search for it in grasping at these other things, which ultimately ultimately made him less feel less valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think we get the answer a little bit later in the story mm-hmm. uh, because he decides uh, that he uh, he realizes once all the money's run out mm-hmm. and whatever fame or success that he had and all the friends that he made, quote unquote, have run dry and they left him. He's there. <clears throat> Tending pigs who are, who are essentially doing better than he is. Yep. And then he realizes, well, why don't I just go home? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he'll, maybe my father will take me back as a hired hand. Like he recognized the love of the of his father. You know, and and th- th- that that outpouring of mercy, which would then change him. And we were talking about this before. It's not a very repentant. No, he's not, he's not a hundred percent repentant. No, he was hungry. Yeah, he's hungry. His belly, his belly hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then uh, that's what I love about the story is that 
when he's off in the distance, it says, as St. Luke describes, yeah. as he's off in the distance, Jesus says, the father caught sight of him yeah. and ran towards him. So like, it almost gives you the sense that the father was waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And then once he caught sight of him, he ran towards him and met him halfway. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, signifying that like, that, you know, maybe all this time that the son left because he couldn't receive love mm-hmm. at this point in his, like before he, like he, he wanted his money. He, he like, he couldn't receive it completely and said, I'll find it another way. You know, I'll find out what satisfies me. And now we come to this point where the father runs to him mm-hmm. and he's, he recites that line. And, and that mercy is so transforming and more powerful than any other thing we could put on somebody. Yes. But then the mercy of the father is also extended to the second son as well. Not only did he catch sight of the first son, almost as if he was watching for him, right? As we just had said, and, and like, uh, and then he kills the fat and calf for the son after he runs to him. But the second son in his arrogance, like, and his hardened heart, um, and his lack of charity, uh, is is sitting outside the house mm-hmm. listening to the party going on but his pride will not allow him yeah. to receive his own brother back mm-hmm. uh, and, and so the father comes out of the house out of the party so he's come out of twice now he's come out twice yeah, i never really thought about this for until both you, sons yeah, yeah. And, to and, bring and them back to bring them back yeah to celebrate uh but it, it but i think the second son would fail to realize that the father would have celebrated the second one. He would have celebrated him as well if they would have, if he would have walked in the house, you know? And he says to him, all I, with those famous words, all I have is yours. Yeah. I remember last week we were talking about the idea of, of humility um, mm-hmm. and a little bit before today too. And we, we were making the point that you, we can't understand God's heart until we have humility ourselves. Yeah. You know, and that's what this son is showing that he doesn't right. have. Yeah. Cause without humility, we can't, we can't see the blessings in our life. And we he, think we're the instrument of our own blessings. Right. And he would have understood if he had been humble that he, yes, he was already living in the father's life. Yeah. And that there's nothing more that you could want. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's nothing outside of, in this story, there's nothing yeah. outside of that field and that house. Yeah. Um, but, but this is, uh, some, some have titled uh, our heavenly father as the hound of heaven who's always yeah. seeking and desiring, uh, you know, uh, communion with us and reconciliation with us. And we see that brought to completion, uh, as you and I, and even and this Sunday, we celebrate this great reading, be, uh, like we will be wearing the rose vestments. It's, uh, it's Latare Sunday. Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's a Sunday of joy in the midst of, of, of repentance in the season, but we're rejoicing because we have the ability in Christ you know, through him, with him, and in him, as we celebrate yeah. it, as we say at Mass, to be reconciled to the Father through the love of Jesus right. Christ. And and I think the, the, the Church gives us a good juxtaposition of how, what it looks like when there is no mercy shown by the readings that we're reading today. Now, if you're listening to this later, we're talking about Tuesday, the 22nd of March, but it's where Jesus talks about the unforgiving servant. From St. Matthew's Gospel. Yeah. You know, St. Peter says to Jesus, how many times uh, do I have to forgive somebody? Mm-hmm. And he goes, seven times? Mm-hmm. And the Lord says, 77. 
pretty yep. much saying infinite a number of times. Right. Just keep doing it because that's the way your heavenly father does it. But then he gives that story of uh, of the person who owed a large mm-hmm. debt. And is forgiven and won't forgive somebody else. Right. And it's beaten and choking out the other guy. Yep. You know? Mary Healy has a has a good quote here. She said, the key to this parable, and again, we're presenting this parable to you as as a way of, uh, as I said just a second ago, juxtaposing against the the, um, the prodigal son. The key to understanding this parable is realizing that the servant was unmerciful because he would not receive mercy. That's a great point. He could not bring himself to accept accept such an immense free gift from his master. You know, yeah. and that's that's a pretty powerful thing too. We don't know now. Going back to the prodigal son, we don't know if that son, because we, we don't know how the story turns out, and it's a parable. That's why you know. Mm-hmm. But did either son? It seems like the son who came back, the prodigal son, accepted the mercy. We're not so sure about the second son. Could he accept it? Mm-hmm. And then would you know? How does this turn out in his life later on? If he accepted his father's mercy, then he could do it to someone else as well. But if he didn't, then he's going to be the servant back from the, the gospel today. Yeah. And that's why some commentators have understood and and uh, entitled this parable uh, the parable of ongoing conversion and repentance. Interesting. You know, okay. uh, you know, that, like that second one. I mean, the first one receives the the mercy right and is received home. Yeah, but like. That's not a one shot deal. Like that story is very positive in the mm-hmm. in the case of that in the, that person, because he was off and he he, he was lost and now he's found. And yeah. like that found piece is this understanding that now there's this ongoing conversion, this ongoing uh, recognition mm-hmm. of the mercy and the love that the Father has for us. You know, yeah. whereas in the second one, it's. It's, it's, he's still getting peppered. Mm-hmm. He's still getting peppered with the mercy. It hasn't hit him yet. Yep. You know? And I think when we hear these stories of mercy in, in popular culture, they, they can be overwhelming. Do you, I, I wasn't thinking of this till right this moment. Do you remember years ago here on Long Island, there was a, a, a bunch of boys that threw a frozen turkey off an oh, overpass? Yeah. Yeah. And really severely damaged the um, the, the face of the woman driving it, yep. like severe reconstructive surgery. Yeah. And that woman, I, I wish I got to meet her because I think I would have been awed. I was awed by the story. Was was nothing but merciful to these kids, and they wound up going out and talking about it. Like they would go to schools yeah. and talk about it. Stephen McDonald, uh, the, uh, right? Uh, another a famous police officer here in New York City that was shot, mm-hmm. uh, paralyzed. Paralyzed, yeah. uh, and his wife was what eight months pregnant Something with their like first that. child, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's how they lived the rest of uh, their marriage yeah. with him as a para, uh, like he was a paraplegic. Was he? Uh, a pa- I think it was para. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure a para or a quad, but he, quad, he was actually here once. He came yeah. in and spoke to our kids, but he forgave. Yeah. He forgave the the kid who shot him in the back. And those are the stories that overwhelm us. I was telling you just before of a story that happened here in this school years and years ago. This could be close to twenty years ago. Um, but there was a young man in the school who, I guess, he had a little bit of a troubled past. It was nothing egregious or terrible, but you know, life his life hadn't been easy. And he was out at Halloween. He was with some friends, and a car, this white car, went down the street. And I guess threw stuff at them as not condoning it, but those things happen, unfortunately, sometimes in um, in Halloween. And um, so this boy and his friends became enraged and they went out searching for this vehicle. Well, 
they found what they thought was a vehicle, pulled the people out and, and kind of beat them up, you know, let them know this would not be acceptable. And um, it turned out it was the wrong car. So they pulled out the wrong people. They pulled out these innocent people. So the school, the school got involved and the, the parents of one of the innocent kids that had been beat up came to the school for a meeting with the principal. And the principal said, you know, obviously apologized and said, we're prepared to end the student's time here at the school. You know, we don't condone this. This is not the way we, we, mm-hmm. we, we want our kids to live. And these parents said, no, we think if you kick them out, that would be the worst thing that could happen to him. I, we, we think, you know, we think if he left, he would certainly go downhill. And, and I think all of us who heard that story, including the young man who wound up straightening things out, was like blown away by that because I, I'm not sure that'd be me, quite honestly, if mm-hmm. I was those parents, you know? Yeah. And they just, you know, were local parents. They weren't the same. They weren't parents from our school. They were, you know, just people who inadvertently got involved in this through no fault of their own and showed mercy. And I think those stories, when we hear them, overwhelm us far more than the stories we're used to hearing. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> if uh if I may too like uh just a uh kind of maybe as a conclusion to uh this uh this topic of of mercy um you know uh the the lord has asked us in the gospel reading that we have about mercy today in Matthew's gospel for Tuesday the 22nd uh is juxtaposed with uh the the prodigal son reading that we'll hear for Sunday, uh, in that we we understand essentially that like we are called if we believe that we are followers if we claim proclaim uh, and and uh, and live out that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, then you and I take up the two great commandments to love the Lord our God with our whole heart, mind, and soul, and our neighbor as ourselves. And to love our neighbor as ourself at times will, uh, will, uh, demand mercy, even if, even if it's going to be very difficult and even if we don't want to do it. Uh, <clears throat> when you and I, you and I have to live in the confidence that when you and I receive Holy Communion, that our Lord Jesus is making us a new creation. St. Paul says in that second letter to Corinthians, uh, we are being made as new creations through Christ. And in that, in that second reading, he says reconciles, reconciliation four times, that you and I find reconciliation with the Father. You and I find reconciliation with others through Christ. And <clears throat> when you and I hear the words of consecration, uh, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. When you and I receive Holy Communion, you and I are given the gift not only to receive mercy the way that the, the prodigal son received it, uh, but also we're given the grace to be able to forgive others the way our heavenly father has forgiven us. And we can only do that through the power and the love of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. 
I, I think as you often conclude these things, you, you tie it up well. And you really got me thinking too is, I, I don't know if you think this, I think one of the things that hurts our society so much is when we just don't show mercy to ourselves. So we, we were asked to yeah. love love others like we love ourselves, but a lot of times we're just not loving ourselves. Yeah. You know, and, I think and, a lot and you would just talk about that to be able to receive yeah. that mercy, what we saw the unfaithful servant uh, not do from the previous reading. Yeah. yeah. Uh, being able to receive that. Why, why do you think it is? Vulnerability, you think? Uh, but it, 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 the, the understanding that, like, that we're unlovable mm-hmm. comes from, like, that, that whole sense of, you know, that we're unworthy of God's love because we're unlovable. We're, we're yeah. wretched, you know? Like, and, and that really goes back to Jen's point that I introduced earlier. It's this idea of, of being useful or valuable. Yeah. I'm not useful. I'm not valuable. I'm not lovable. Right. And I'm going to project that on everybody else. And, and when, we come, when we come at our spirituality with that mentality, uh, we start to put a value and a price tag on like where we stand. Like, our, like it's moralism. Mm-hmm. Like, as long as I'm good, God will love me. And it's like, no, <laughs> God loves us because we exist because that's who he is. Yeah. And, and that's where, that's where the, when we, when we come to a real understanding of God's love for us, like mm-hmm. when we understand that he's always running to us, no matter how far we've fallen, you know, uh, on the scale of grace, you could say that, uh, no matter what, uh, that it, no matter what is we do, that he, he'll never stop loving us. And that's why the sacrament of confession it's just so important mm-hmm. because the more we go to confession, the more we experience the Father's mercy uh, in Christ in the confessional. Uh, and if we don't take advantage of that sacrament, then we continue, like we will have more opportunity to doubt mm-hmm. his real genuine love for us. So the sacrament of confession uh, helps us uh, to understand God's merciful love and gives us an experience of him running to us. Uh, in our time when uh, when our souls are deeply in need of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're good. Oh, listen, I'm great. You look like you're ready to fall asleep right now. I've just been listening to you talk for like 10 minutes. I just... <laughs> it's like mass here. <laughs> well, everybody have a good week, and uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy. God bless, guys. Thank you so much. If you would like to contact Father Dave or me, please follow us on Facebook at Locusts and Wild Honey. We appreciate your comments on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please tell us what you think and share with your friends.